0: Good morning Life Church Buffalo. It's a pleasure to be able to greet you today and uh, I'm honored that I have a chance to speak to you and fill in for our lead pastor, Pastor Peter, who spoke four times at Christmas time. You know, we think about having all those experiences. Well, that man spoke and delivered the word four times. And so uh, we gave him a little bit of time to recuperate this week and hopefully he's able to do that. But it's a, it's a privilege for me to be here with you and, uh, and to speak with you today. You know, during that four Christmas services that we had, all those salvations, and you know, in 2018, because today is the last Sunday of 2018, so we have an opportunity to reflect and to be grateful for all that God has done for us. We have a lot to, to celebrate here at Life Church Buffalo. You know, there were 134 salvations over the last 12 months, and we had the privilege of helping 64 people take their next steps in baptism in this last 12 months. It's been an incredible 2018. And in just a couple of days, we're preparing for kicking off a brand new year and looking to see what might be in store for us in 2019. So in a couple of days, when the new year hits, how many of you would raise your hand and say that you actually enjoy making New Year's resolutions? I'm looking through the lights and I count one, two, three. Out of all these people, there are three people that enjoy making New Year's resolutions. And one of them, I'm not sure, even knows what that is. So, <laughs> so let me ask another question. Of those that didn't raise your hand, how many of you would make one New Year's resolution, and that would be to not make any New Year's resolutions? How many of you would say that? Okay, and you're much more, you're much more energetic about that. Okay, so as we approach New Year's resolutions and the new year they're basically, and I'm speaking very generally, there are two types of people. I'm overgeneralizing, but for the sake of this, just go along with it, okay? There are two people. One is a dreamer, and the other is a realist. And you, you know who you are. I mean, there's a combination of both, but you, you kind of identify with one more than the other, right? And you know if, if you're a dreamer or if you're a realist. And the funny thing is about dreamers and realists, they come together, and they get married, And that really creates an interesting dynamic. Because the dreamer, dreamers talk about the new year this way. They they do like that guy did. They say, this is my year. This is gonna be a phenomenal year. This year, we're gonna join the Y. We're gonna open up our own business. We're gonna be debt free. We're gonna travel. This is gonna be an amazing year. But the realist says, isn't that what you said last year? I know you said that last year, right? Dreamers love this word. The word that dreamers love is, there it is, wow. They say, this is going to be a phenomenal year. But a realist has its own, his own word. He says, okay, how? He wants to know, how are we going to accomplish all these things that you think are wow? But here's what I want to do. See, dreamers and realists, they simply have a different approach to life. There's nothing right or wrong. There's just a way that we're wired. And, and we're wired to be a little bit more of a dreamer, a little bit more of a realist. But as we approach today's topic, what I'd like to do is, whether you're a dreamer or if you're a realist, I want to help to bring us together so that we begin to use and share the same lens, that when we look at life, we use the same lens, whether you're a dreamer or you're a realist. I want you to come away with a question, and and that question will then bring about an answer that if you answer it and you hold on to it's going to be something powerful in your life, and the lens that I want us to, to begin to share is called the lens of possibility. Whether you're a dreamer or if you're a realist, start looking through life through the lens of possibility. And let me talk to each of these separately for a moment. Realists, let me start with you, okay? It's okay to push back a little bit on the dreamer. They really need your question. It's okay for you to question the how and, and get them to start thinking about the process. Your questions are, are beneficial. But be really, really careful not to become a pessimist because the pessimist starts to think that nothing good is going to happen. And if they do experience some benefit or something good, then the next thing they do is they, they focus on the flaws or they criticize what wasn't excellently pulled off. One of my favorite scenes in Christmas Vacation, and if you don't know the movie, so Clark Griswold has this dream of providing the perfect family Christmas. And a part of his dream includes lighting his house. And so he begins the, the, the task of day and night, day and night, putting these lights all over his house, trying to get them attached. And chaos ensues, of course. And, and he's got the trouble of trying to get power to the lights. And, and he thinks he's got them lit, and he doesn't. He's frustrated, and then finally... The lights come on. And the whole family just pours out of, pours out of the house onto the lawn. I mean, the, the house is lit up so much, you can see it for miles. I think that you they, they can see it from space, right? And so Clark goes along, and I have some pictures that go along with this story, if you can catch up with me. But he comes to each one of the people. So this is him getting the, the house lit up. And then the next one shows the house and how it's lit, right? He's all excited about it. But he goes to each one of the family members that are out there admiring his house, and he goes to each one and he says to them, this is for you, specifically for you. I hope that this makes your holiday just a little bit sweeter, a little bit nicer. And he finally gets to this man. This is his father-in-law, and his name is Art. And Art is looking at the house, all ablaze with all these lights, and all he can muster for a comment is, the little lights are not twinkling, Clark. And Clark looks at him and goes, I know art and thanks for noticing, right? Art is the ultimate pessimist. He sees this house full of lights, but he knows they're supposed to be blinking and he only can see what isn't there. So realist, it's okay to be real, but don't become art, Okay. <laughs> Let's look, through the light, the le- let's look at life through the lens of possibility. Dreamers, it's okay to dream. It's actually more than okay. We encourage you to dream. We need you to dream. But what's not okay is to keep it as an illusion, okay? You need to help the realist in your life to find a way that it's possible. It, listen, the dream itself is not the goal okay? You have to discover, and I'm sure that you can create one or two or three steps to to make this reality. Dreamers, you have to have a plan. And the realist in your life is willing to come alongside you and help you to, to formulate that plan. But realist, listen, as you're being real and as you're asking about steps and plans, I want to encourage you also, don't become paralyzed in the planning process. You don't have to know steps all the way from the beginning to the end in order to take the initial step. Realists and dreamers. Realists and dreamers actually work very, very well together if they do this one thing. They work best together when they believe in the power of possibility because the power of possibility, possibility fuels potential. Possibility fuels potential for a better future for a better year. Possibility fuels the potential for a better you. And if you look at any breakthrough, whether it's in technology or culture or organizations, you can trace it back to one individual or a small group of people who at some point got together and said, you know what? I really believe that this is possible. And it fueled the potential for what they were called to do. But the opposite is also true. If you don't believe something is possible, you're correct. And both realists and dreamers have the potential for believing that something is impossible. And rather than fueling their dreams, they end up running on fumes. So whether you're a dreamer or a realist, I wanna challenge you today. See life through the lens of possibility. Seeing things from the perspective of possibility. I wanna share with you an example, two men who understood this, who got this. Their names are Orville and Wilbur Wright, the Wright brothers. And let me just tell you, these guys had no business trying to figure out how to, how to accomplish sustained manned flight. They had no technical training whatsoever. What they were is bicycle, share, uh, bicycle shop owners, and their only hobby was bird watching. They would go outside and observe birds, and they would sketch pictures of the birds that they would see, and one day, while they're drawing a picture, one of the brothers turns to the other and he says, you know, I think that it's possible that we could use the principles and the dynamics that birds have harnessed to create something that will allow man to fly. These guys had no business trying to figure this out. They had no college education, they had no formal technical training, no experience working with anyone other than themselves. They had no friends in high places, they had no financial backing, and they had no government subsidies. They had very little finances of their own. But what they had was a perspective of possibility. Listen to this quote from Wilbur Wright, he said, for some years I have been afflicted with the belief that flight is possible to man. My disease has increased in severity, and I feel that it will soon cost me an increased amount of money, if not my life. He believed in the power of possibility. In fact, the government paid for a physicist who should have been able to figure this out, Samuel Langley. They gave him $70,000 in funding in order to figure out manned flight, and he failed. The Wright brothers' achievement cost them less than $1,000. And if you've ever flown in a plane You can trace it back to these two men who believed in the power of possibility. The power of possibility, whether you are a dreamer or a realist, it fuels the potential for a better future, a better year, and a better you. I'd like to talk to the businessmen and businesswomen that are here in this church today. I I would like to get the attention of our dream team leaders. I want to speak to mothers and to fathers because all of you are leading a team whether you're leading a team of workers, or volunteers, or your family. And I would challenge you to bring your team together. Bring them together this week and talk about how you can start to look through the lens of possibility. That this year, you wanna focus on living in the land of possibility, and just leasing space in reality. I'm not asking you to deny reality, I'm simply saying, That as a leader, you define reality. Just don't let today's reality define your tomorrow. What do you think is possible? What do you think is possible for your team, for your business, for your family? What do you think, could you do, could you take steps to improve your financial situation to become more financially free? Are there things that you could do to improve your marriage? What, what could you see as possible for your life to improve your emotional and spiritual life? And whether you're a dreamer or a realist, answering that question can really help to improve your outlook for the life that, that lies ahead of you. But as helpful as that question and answer is, it's not enough. There's a greater question. And this question, along with its accompanying answer, is really the reason for my message today. Here's that question, what does God think? What does God think is possible? What does God think is possible for you? Now don't miss this because in simply asking the question, what does God think is possible for you? I'm making a bold statement. The statement is that God, the very creator of the universe thinks something is possible for each and every one of us. You might be here today and you might say, you know what, Lauren, you could be in this room and and not believe in God. And you might say that that question is irrelevant to me. And if that's you, can I just tell you, I'm grateful that you're here and I I can appreciate where you're coming from. And and if you find yourself in this place as someone who doesn't believe in God, but you're open-minded enough to be here, can I just encourage you with one more thing? That even though you don't believe in God, that God believes in you. God believes there's something possible in your life. And as some of you already realize, scripture says that all things are possible with God. So when I tell you that God believes something's possible for you, what does that mean? Well, let's get specific. Let's talk about specifics that God believes is possible in your life. Here's what God thinks. God thinks that love is possible. God believes that joy is possible, that peace and patience, kindness are all possible. God believes that goodness and gentleness and faithfulness, God believes that self-control is possible. And I don't know what you feel when you see all these words up there. Maybe you think that's a, a really sweet list up there. But can I tell you that it's more than just a sweet list of words? that is really actually just a very it's a very powerful list of possibilities for your life if you are somebody who does make new year's resolutions can i tell you that every good resolution can come from these words because this gets to the heart of it and when you can get your heart in line with your resolution everything else takes care of itself For example, maybe your goal is to be better with your finances. Well, God says, okay, then patience is available to you. You have patience to save to make the next big purchase. Or maybe he says faithfulness is available to you so you can be a better steward of the resources that you have. Maybe you're rocked by addiction. There's an appetite that controls you. God says self-control is possible for you. Or maybe maybe worry and anxiety are just beating you up. God believes that joy and peace are possible for you. Maybe you're just so agitated, you're angry with all the people in your life. Well, God believes that gentleness and kindness is possible for you. This is a staggering list of possibilities for your life. So let me show you and share with you how I know that these are things that God believes for you. The reason I know that this is what God believes for you is because this list actually comes from the New Testament. It comes from a a book of Galatians. And in Galatians chapter 5, this is what it has to say. It says, the fruit of the Spirit, those are five powerful words. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then it says, against such there is no law. That means no law that God has made or no man-made law speaks against these things. But watch this. The reason that God believes this is possible for you is because of it's the fruit of the spirit. This is what a relationship with Jesus will fulfill. As we walk with him daily, his spirit will create these fruit in our lives. It's why Life Church Buffalo exists. We're, we're not leading you into a growing religion. We're here to lead into a growing relationship with Jesus so that powerful things like this can happen in all of our lives. I grew up in church my whole life. I, I, we went multiple times a week. Every time the door was open, I think we were there. So I've been exposed to the Bible, I've been exposed to teaching. And the fruit of the Spirit is something that I always thought was more of a goal it was something that Christ followers were supposed to work really hard to attain. And when you did, then you knew that you'd, you'd accomplish something. But the beauty of this list is that they really are, are markers for progress. It's, it's more of a, a measuring stick, if you will, for spiritual growth. Not to be beaten up or, over failures, but just to identify areas in our lives that we need to trust and, and, and lean into God just a little bit more. Because none of this happens on our own. You see, without Jesus, none of this is possible. The result of this is God's spirit working in our lives. If we remove Jesus from the equation, none of this can happen not in our own strength, not in our own willpower. These are the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of self. And God wants us to have all of these. I've heard some people foolishly say, well, be careful what you ask for, especially when it relates to patience, because they're afraid of that journey, that what it's gonna take for me to get to that place that'll bring me patience. But if our Father, our loving Father, wants this for us, how could we not say, yes, God, give me patience and trust him with the journey and let him bring it about. He's the one who's going to do this work in us. I came across a message from Jeff Henderson and he spoke about a pastor friend of his who had chosen one of these words for an entire year. Over three years time, he would choose one and, uh, and just focus on that for the whole year. And it spoke to me, you know, one of them he chose was love he wanted to be more loving. He wanted to love people who were for him and he wanted to love people who were not for him. And he knew that without God, he wasn't gonna be able to do that. He wanted to be a better friend in terms of of loving his friends better. He wanted to be a better husband and be more loving. He wanted to be a more loving father. And and, and his story just inspired me. And so I was challenged to actually take this up. And, And I don't know if I would do it for a year, but for an extended period of time, I want to do that. And I wanted to present that to you. Look at the fruit of the spirit here. Look at the nine. Does something stand out to you as an area? What would you choose to focus on? Does something seem to elude you? Is there, is there one of these that just pops right out at you and says, this is the one for you? Maybe not. Maybe not because I know that I'm not always the best Uh, person to really judge where I am in life sometimes. You know, I have a a friend who who used to ask me, hey, Lauren, how are you doing? And then after I would answer him, he would follow up with, and how does Janie say you're doing? You know, because we can only answer from from our perspective because I've never been on the other side of me. You've never been on the other side of you. But our friends and our family have a, a unique vantage point. So if you're struggling with what area of the fruit of the Spirit might be best for you to to focus in on, could I encourage you to to ask your spouse, or if you're not married, ask a family member and see what they have to say. Now, there's a chance they'll come back with more than one, but if they do, if they do, you say, look, babe, hang on, Lauren said one, okay? We're going to focus on one for now, one at a time. But ask your friends also, And if you have a a small group, that's a great place to get feedback from. And if you meet with your friends, if you're you're meeting with your small group this week, I would encourage you to go around the circle and maybe share with one another the fruit of the Spirit that you're going to focus on so you can help to encourage one another and help to keep one another accountable. So through your family and your friends, you can start to hear a voice that says, this is what we think would be beneficial for you to focus on. But more importantly, ultimately, we wanna hear the voice of God. We wanna open up and ask God what area would he want us to focus on? And here's the great news. Whichever one you choose, whichever one the voices in your relationships communicate to you, whatever one God tells you to do, as you focus on that, you're gonna begin to see growth in that one specifically guess what? The rest of the fruit will continue to grow as well. You'll start to realize that it's starting to blossom. It might not keep pace. It might grow at a different pace, but you're going to find growth in all of it. But here's what we have to do. We have to be desperate enough to depend completely on Jesus like never before, if any of this is going to happen. Because it's not going to happen because you're a really good person It's not going to happen because you're really smart or you're sharp. It's not going to happen naturally. I I experienced this in my own life when I was at the the darkest point in my life and I needed self-control. I had no other options. I clung to Jesus daily and I started to see self-control take its hold in my life. And I also witnessed the other fruit of the spirit beginning to grow as I focused, I became laser focused and dependent on Jesus. And it happened, it happened. Let me ask you this question. Does desperation for Jesus mark your spiritual life? Is that reflective of where you are today? Or have you kind of found yourself getting comfortable just going through religious motions? How desperate are you for Jesus today? What do you think is possible? What does God say is possible? Here's the truth. If you're going to go through this, it's going to lead you to an incredible, incredible place. And here's why. Because since Jesus believes this is possible for you, and you take a step in that direction, you're stepping into a life of possibility. As you take a step towards God, he wants this for you, you're stepping into a life that is blessed. So if you're hammered by addiction, and right now you need self-control, Jesus says it's possible for you. It's available to you. If your relationships are, are broken, and there's hatred in your heart, Jesus says there's love that's possible for you. If worry and anxiety are just crushing you, Jesus says peace and joy are possible for you. What does God think is possible for you? God thinks this is possible for you. The fruit of the Spirit is possible for you. So so choose one. Choose one and let's, let's go on a journey together and let's discover what Jesus will do. And if you're here today and you might be saying, you know, Lauren, I'm not so sure about Jesus either. That's okay. That's okay. We have a great opportunity for Those who don't know about Jesus, who have questions, I would encourage you, check with one of our guest volunteers. They would love to connect you with with Starting Point. And then come back, because it doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus or not, Jesus believes in you. And Jesus has this possibility for your life. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Kelly to come back and to lead us in a song, a song that will allow us to position ourselves to appreciate our Heavenly Father, to to acknowledge God as as our loving Father. Because if we go to God and, and ask this out of fear, out of a place of thinking that we're going to be reprimanded or beat down, we can't accept that. It's going to be difficult to move forward. But when we realize that God wants this for us, our good Father, the giver of good gifts, wants this for us. Perhaps in the middle of, singing this song. God's spirit will nudge you and say, hey, for you, it's patience. Somebody else is singing and they realize, God, you're good to me. I can trust you. I'm gonna ask you, where should I focus? And he says to them, hey, it's love. Somebody else, he says, it's peace. And maybe in that moment, you could start on a pathway of possibility. Would you stand with us because I want us to focus and sing and realize that all of this is possible because of the grace and the goodness of our good, good Father.